We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Let's get to my first prop here. It is a two out of two over under in the Warriors game, the only game on the slate. All right, so first we have Curry over under 32.5 points. Yes, he did go for over that last game. Yes, he did go for that over on the game before that. But now he is at a little bit of a disadvantage here. They're probably going to focus on a little bit more. He had his way the first game, but nine from 15 from three-point land. Not going to happen again. He's consistently getting three to four in the series before that. This is a little bit better magic for him, but I'm not expecting him to go over here. I'm taking the under. Vegas currently has him set at 32.5 with a little bit of juice on the under here. So I am rolling with it. It's free money here. Next up, we have Lillard with an over-under of 26.5 points. I'm taking the over here. Did not have a great game the first game here but he has been absolutely on fire all the playoffs here. Coming off of Game 7, just highly emotional win here and a whole lot of lack of rest playing in altitude to Denver. He should be much better for this game, even though he's only on one day rest here. I don't care. I'm taking the over. Take it and move on. Next up, we have my second prop here. It's a 2 out of 2 rapid fire in that same game. All right, so we have Lillard versus Curry. Points plus 6.5 for Lillard is what I'm taking here. As I already said in the last prop, I think that Curry's in for a bit of a down game, and I think that Lillard is going to crush tonight. He's been getting 30 on a consistent base pretty much all throughout the playoffs, and I expect him to be similar to that tonight here. So I'm taking him. Currently, Vegas has him pegged for more 
than six and a half less points than Curry. So you take the extra six and a half and just move on here. Next up, Iguodal versus Green assist. Iggy's getting three and a half here. Currently, Vegas has the prop for Iggy set at three and a half assists, and it's only got Green set for seven. Plus, heavy, heavy juice on the under for Green, heavy, heavy juice on the over for Iggy. So realistically, it's more like they're set about two apart here. So you take Iggy, he's going to be in, and he's going to have a great game here, and Draymond unlikely to get more than eight assists here. So Iggy should cover this pretty easy. All right, next up, we have my third prop. It is a two out of three over under in the Portland game. All right, so Curry over under 4.5 three points made. And the first thing you're going to do is look at the last game and see that he put up nine. Well, guess what? He shot over 50% from three-point land. That's not expected for anyone, no matter how good they are. Look at the last series. And, yes, I get that Durant was heavily involved in there. Obviously, takes a little bit of a downgrade, but he was still shooting 11, 12, 13 three attempts a game. If we're expecting him to shoot around 33%, which is about where he should be, hitting five would end up with him shooting 15 times. He may do that. He may not do that. But most likely, this under is going to hit about six out of 10 times, seven out of 10 times. He's going to have certain games where he puts up nine, 10, 11 threes, but this is not going to be one of them. You take the under and you move on. Next up, we got Lillard over under 5.5 assists. Real simple here. Vegas hasn't pegged for six and a half. I think that's a little low. I think that he's going to be dishing a whole lot. I think he would take the over. Next up, Thompson, 25.5 points. Vegas currently hasn't pegged for less than that, and there's heavy juice on the under. That's both things pointing towards him having less than that. I know that he can put up 40 in a quarter, but tonight he's going to be shut down a little bit more. Portland's going to be focusing on both Curry and Thompson a whole lot more considering how bad their game plan was the first game. So you take the under on this problem. All right, last up, we got my late night dagger. Before I get to that, don't forget to like and subscribe over on YouTube. It helps us. It helps you know exactly when these videos go out. A lot of these props go up and down based on new information coming out. So if someone gets injured, someone's not going to play, then pretty much they have to change the props. So you get them in before that happens, and you lock in the great props here. We try and keep them up all day, but it just doesn't happen sometimes. And leave any of your favorite props or any questions you have on these props down in the comment section. I'll try and get to them as soon as I can. But let's get to my late night dagger, which is two out of three rapid fire in the Warriors. All right, we already went through the first part a little bit. Lillard plus six and a half points versus Curry. I shouldn't have to repeat it, but Lillard is going to dominate this game. Curry may have a good game, but Lillard getting six and a half is way too much. Next up, Aminu versus Green. Rebounds, Mino's getting 5.5. Draymond's pegged for around 7, 7.5 with a little bit of heavy juice on the under. So realistically, all we should need is two rebounds out of Mino. I know he's been just in and out of playing time all throughout the playoffs here. You don't really know what's going to happen. Vegas hasn't pegged for around 3.5 rebounds here. That is a heavy favorite compared to Draymond's 7 when you add on the 5.5 at the end. So you take Aminu and you just trust that Nine out of ten times, he's probably going to hit this as long as Draymond does not get over ten, which shouldn't happen here. Lastly, we have Iggy versus McCollum assists. This one's an interesting one because Vegas currently has both of them pegged for the same amount of assists here, 3.5. With McCollum getting the tiebreaker here, you'd think you'd roll with him, but super, super heavy juice on the over for Iggy. 
and super, super heavy juice on the under for McCollum. That means six out of 10 times, seven out of 10 times, Iggy's gonna hit the over and six out of 10 times and seven out of 10 times, McCollum's gonna hit the under there. So you take Iggy, you move on, don't worry about Vegas. All right, guys, thanks. Hope you enjoyed the video. I'll be back again next week, Tuesday and Thursday, probably. And I will be bringing you more picks. So get these in, get your money, and get to whatever you want to do this weekend because you're going to have a whole bunch of free money to spare. I'm out of here. See you, kids. Hey, thanks for checking out our videos. If you want more expert advice on DraftKings, FanDuel, or any other daily fantasy sports, make sure you check out the current videos playlist.
Sword Runners, Dean here. It's Dean 7904 if you want to get all technical on me. It is 432 on the East Coast, 132 on the West Coast, uh, 332 tennis, tennis time. So, of course, of course, I'm just have the flagship show here at Runner Runners. It's called It's called Runners Live. It's sponsored by Fantasy Draft. Join me today. It's Bobby Firestone. Kids call Bobby Five. What's up, Bobby? How's, uh, how's life treating you out there in California? What's up, man? It's not bad. Uh, happy to be here with you. Uh, ready to get into this little slate. It's going to be a fun. I actually like slate it's i i do think that you know usually i prefer the bigger slates but this is a, this is the one i actually like i know you don't we talked about it pre-show but i'm kind of excited about it and uh yeah just getting through the week and ready for the weekend almost yeah i saw you said the twitter machine that you love this slate and uh you're not gonna be i mean like you know the way i play probably i i don't like this slate because it's well it's kind of sort of small and there's not a lot of pitchers i love and but uh you you tend to play more tournaments than i do so uh I'm definitely wanting to hear your tournament takes. And it's funny, we, uh, we had a question there on YouTube pre-show. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We much appreciate that. Jump on over here to Road Riders as well. Uh, and we're going to have a funny time for questions at uh, some point later on in the show. We might even, uh, Bobby, we might even get, I'm in office today. You heard uh, RG headquarters in, uh, in Nashville. We might yeah. even get a cameo appearance. I don't want to make any false promises, but one of the uh, our RG personalities happens to be visiting the area. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh I'm not aware, but I'm guessing I should be based on what you're saying. So I, I haven't talked to him in a little bit, but uh, it'd be fun to see him. Wait, you don't know who it's not. It's not Grant. If that's who oh, I thought it'd be Grant. No, I mean there's there's more than one RG personality than Grant. It's not Grant. Oh but, man, it, you get my hopes up. You got, is Noto going to cop in? <clears throat> I don't think it's Noto. If you, if you follow Noto on Twitter, he's the. Uh, <laughs> I, I just haven't looked in a couple days. Yeah, him and his wife are going back. And, well, it, it's just, it's, it, follow Mrs. Noto and Noto. They had a fun little conversation today at the old Twitter machine as I believe they were tilting golf. Do you play the golf at all? Uh, I play sometimes. I didn't play this week because uh, I didn't have time to look at Noto's information and, and actually get my lineups in. So, But usually I'll play. I'll throw in a couple things. It's not my main thing, but then I'm actually okay overall with it. We had a question in, in, uh, over there on YouTube, and uh, this is a, a great conversation for a five-gamer. Well, to, well to, be, to be clear, it's a five-gamer on FanDuel. It's a five-gamer on DK. Uh, if you guys are playing on the spots for tonight, you're playing on Fantasy Draft. It's actually a six-game slate, and I like the six-game slate a lot more than the five-game slate because then you get to play Trevor Bauer and all the Indians and pick on you know Dan Straley. So it makes for a completely different build, obviously. Um, and but you guys noticed that we, we kind of pushed everything forward to, uh, by a half hour today. Crunch time, of course, is going forward as well. Uh, later on, it'll be Cheese and Pepsi, I believe, talking some crunch time. Uh, and David Walters, I imagine, we'll be talking about weather as far as weather's going down. If anything's lurking, he'll let you know what's going on weather-wise. But, uh, Bobby, how do we attack this slate from a tournament perspective? Uh, Five-gamer, you know, how does that affect your, like, well, I'm going to stack this much tonight or stack more, I'm going to stack less, I'm going like, to all of a sudden go to, like, 3-3-2? Three, three, or is it like most things where it's kind of like, you know, slate-dependent? It is slate dependent, but I think on I think on this slate, and I think on some a lot of smaller slates, you can you can do a lot more three two two stuff. Um, I, I think you could do it on big slates too. I've had success with it both ways, but I actually think it, it makes a lot of sense on these smaller slates. And you don't need to fully necessarily stack, but there's a lot of positions like even on a big slate that I would I would be okay with at least mini stacking tonight. And it's going to be interesting as we go game by game because I feel like you can make a good argument for a lot more bats. Obviously, because we don't like the pitching, but there's a lot of bats that I like and it's uh, there's a lot of plays that I'm just I'm not playing but it's just because I'm trying to keep my player pool tight and there are so many guys who you know I, I just think make a lot of sense tonight from a from a hitting standpoint so that's sort of what I'm prioritizing yeah we'll talk about your favorite stacks later on the show of course you'll predict uh, three guys are gonna bang out some homers we're also gonna do a little uh, premium peak show what's the what's behind the paywall as far as what's going down don't give too much away but just enough 
to get you all excited to want to see more. That's how it works here. I don't know. What, what, what do we want to show today, Bobby? What do, we, what do we want to feature? Yesterday, we showed the expert survey. What would be interesting to show the people? A lot of times, they want to see ownership percentage. You want to just have it come up organically or have a thought? Let's do it organically. See what the people want. Um, I'm happy to do anything. I, I mean, all of it's relevant, and I, I, I go through all of it anyway. So uh, whatever the people want, I'm, I'm happy to do. We have one elite uh, arm on the slate. Again, this is assuming you're playing on, uh, again, if you're playing on fans draft, like Trevor Bauer is awesome. He's a great pitcher. He's facing a terrible Baltimore team. He's a great play. Uh, on other sites, DK Fandle, um, Luis Castillo, it's his world. There's nobody else, right? From a K perspective, he's, he's averaging, what, 31.8% Ks this year, 15.7% swing and strike rate. Uh, he's just been awesome. The ERA, of course, is like less than two, 1.76 if you want to get all technical. He's been lucky. From a Babbitt perspective, to some degree, as well as Homer in the fly ball, so the Sierra suggests that number is going to come up to, well, 3.48. And also, he's only he's stranding 87.6% of runners, too. So there is some, quote-unquote, luck involved. But uh, from a talent perspective, we all knew Castillo had this talent. He's got, got an electric arm for sure. Facing the Cubs today, how much are you prioritizing, Castillo? Because you said there's a lot of bats you like, uh, but, like, you really can't get two expensive arms. You can get one fairly expensive one in Castillo. Can you just play Castillo and just kind of play roulette with the other guys? How are you approaching this? There's a lot of value out there. I don't think that it's a problem um, if you want to play Castillo. The issue with it is, is um, you know, the matchup is depending on what you think. I'm not like really afraid of the Cubs, but they've been good so far this year. Um, it's just his upside is so much higher and it's so easy to, for me to get him in that I end up playing. I ended up playing a lot more of him than I thought I would today trying to pivot off that more in tournaments. Um, but it is a little bit, you know, if you can just go ahead and afford him, because there are some value bats to go with those big bats. Um, I don't think there's any problem with, uh, you know, playing him. I, I think I'll probably be right near the field, but would like to be a little bit less um, just because I, I don't, I, I think there's enough variance and he's going to be so high owned. I want to try and take shots on some other guys. Well, the other part of it is that you talk about playing the Cubs. There's no Rizzo again. Rizzo's still out, uh, out. Uh, you got Caratini in the lineup today. He's pretty dreadful. It uh, doesn't strike out a ton for what it's worth, but like there's not any pop in that bat whatsoever. Uh, Almora's another guy is not a lot of pop. Uh, he's not going to strike out too much, less than 20%. And their K guys are at the top, which is nice because like, you know, you're going to see Schwarber, Bryant, and not Bryant's tough bat, obviously, but he will strike out more than some of the other dudes in the lineup. But you got Bias and Descalso that strike out in the you know mid-20s or so. Collectively, we're talking about 21.6%. Casillo, uh, as far as his splits, he strikes out more righties than lefties. He's much more dominant versus righties than versus lefties uh, from a K perspective, for sure, but even more so when it comes to the WOBA, when it comes to the ISO. So uh, how many righties are we looking at here in the lineup? But let's count them up here, Bobby. We got Bryant, we got Baez, we got Contreras, and Almora. So it's kind of like a split deal as far as lefties and righties. Look, I, I, I'm going to have a ton of Castillo just because, you know, I, I think he's the clear best pitcher in the slate, and he is. Um, and I'm curious where, uh, you know, we, you got a roster two of these dudes, and if you're not playing, playing on fans draft, you can't package them with Trevor Bauer, which sounds like a lot of fun for sure. But uh, I'm curious to hear who the SP2s or the pivots are as far as who's popping for you, as far as other pitchers out there. So, uh, you know, you tell me who, who else is on your board as far as pitchers. I just want to point out that Castillo does have, you know, looking for excuses to get off of him, like one of the worst pitchers umpires in baseball. Okay. Um, uh, just, you know, just as excuses. Uh, Marcus Stroman is the obvious play. He's going to be chalky too. 
7,700, the uh, price is right. We know how much this White Sox team can strike out. Um, they also can, you know, you can work quick innings with them, uh, ground ball pitcher against a lot of ground ball bats. There's a couple of bats that I wouldn't mind taking against him if I'm not using them, but I do think that he's the, the obvious guy you want to pay for uh, next. Uh, definitely next or even as your SP1. I don't mind some of these cheap guys today, and I think that he's the guy who I, I would have pitched uh, with Castillo or even as my SP1 in some spots, potentially even an SP2 with uh, – I mean, you could, you could play Quintana in the same game against with Castillo. I, I'm going to have that in a couple lineups. But, again, bad pitchers umpire. Um, don't love the matchup for Quintana. The Reds can be patient and pesky a little bit, even though they can struggle too. Like, it's it's kind of a weird spot, but I, I don't mind it if you wanted to use them because, like, we don't have a ton of options. It's true. But <laughs> I, uh, I'm finding myself paying down more than, than paying up for those guys. So you mentioned Stroman. What of the argument with Stroman? It's, it's a weird thing. I, don't, I guess the pencil until you look at it because you could say – what kind of upset does Drummond have? Because he's a you know a really good real life pitcher, but well, pretty good real life pitcher, uh, much better real life pitcher than his DFS pitcher. We can say that for sure. Eighteen point three percent K rate the last two years, and if you break it down by lefty righty, we're talking about fifteen point seven percent K rate against lefties. That's just terrible. Uh, and we're looking at what one, two, three, four, five, six lefties in this lineup. But then you look at these guys. Uh, for the White Sox, they strike out collectively at 20, 23.7%. You got Mancato, who strikes out a ton at the top, uh, along with uh, Garcia, who strikes at 25% as well. Beef Castillo, uh, you know, Delmonico, not a very contact-heavy lineup. Uh, Cordell's pretty terrible, too. And he'll strike out as well at the nine hole. So, like, Stroman's not a guy that's going to put up, like, a 30 spot, right? Like, we're not going to see that. Not, not that you need that, obviously, but he's, quote-unquote, the safe play, Bobby. And I don't know if you like the safe play. I guess you do. I mean, look, we don't have, again, we don't have a ton of pitching on this slate. He's actually not going to be the highest owned pitcher. And I'm talking about using him as my SP one in a lot of lineups. So <laughs> I don't think that it's necessarily like, you know, I, you can't differentiate other places. It's not that I don't think that there's some volatility here. You got a good umpire for him. It's a, you know, the, it's a, it's just that White Sox team. I always am going to be ahead of the field on pitchers against the White Sox. And I'm also usually going to play a couple bats of theirs, but for the most part, I'm, I'm siding with Stroman tonight um and then i i don't even know like if he's going to be my my highest owned guy other than you know right there with castillo i should say i think eric lauer is going to be the other guy i use the most um you have the best match well one of the best matchups possible against the pittsburgh team in san diego the wind's blowing across the field a little bit from right which is going to make it harder to get power uh, for the righties I, I think this is a good spot. Uh, I like the matchup. Not a high strikeout guy. Not going to wow you. We don't need that on this slate. Like you can get your, if you can get like 35 to 40 from your pitchers if you're going to pay down like this. I think you're okay. The thing is, Castillo doesn't even project that much higher than these guys do uh, points wise. Or not. I mean, he's higher, but like not so significant. Um, so Lauer, Lauer, and Stroman will be the guys who I probably end up using even more than Castillo. But certainly, those are my three highest owned guys. Okay, so I'm pulling up the Pittsburgh lineup. Uh, there's a dude named. Jake Elmore, who's playing? Mm-hmm. Um, he's 31 years old. I don't. He's uh, he's played. He's not 19. He's 31. Uh, he's had four. How many career? Uh, yeah, I guess he's had more at bats than I thought. 482 career at bats. I don't really know when these happened. The the Brewers in 2016 for the Reds. He, he took a, a little cup of coffee there, a little cappuccino. 12 at bats. Uh, I wanted to see what, how much he strikes out. Basically, was was what I was kind of looking at and. He's not a strikeout guy for what it's worth. 15.1% in his career uh, projected going forward, 16.8% as far as paying. Um, but also, you know, he's not very good, which is also a note. Um, 19% as far as the K percentage. Uh, collectively, these, these uh, Pirates versus lefties the last two years. 
Uh, I like Lauer too. I mean, he's cheap enough and he kind of makes things work. And like you said, the same sort of argument about as far as Strowman, just to go back for a second, he, you know, all those ground balls, like his ground ball rate, like at 60% or something silly like that, which is pretty awesome. Um, especially against lefties, uh, against righties, he's pretty dominant. So, um, yeah, how do you pivot away from Strowman? Because you could say, all right, what's his upside? They're like, okay, we're not going to play Strowman. Now who are we going to play? Oh, wait, what's left? And, yeah, so pairing Strowman with Lauer, if you want to get all the bats in the world, uh, I think that's a positive strategy today, and it sounds like that's something you're on as well, too. Yeah, that's definitely the way I'm going with a lot of my lineups. Ugh, it's it's a far cry from the last couple of slates as far as uh, as far as arms. See, you uh, like the safety in the pitching. I want there to be volatility in the pitching. I don't like it when because when you have all the top arms, it's like the, the scores are always going to be close, except unless one guy throws a complete game or one guy strikes out fifteen or more guys. So otherwise, they're going to end up in the same bunch range. I like it sort of taking these wild card, you know, these these little weird slates and. That's why I don't mind taking shots on some of these other guys and being ahead of the field on, you know, I'm not going to play as much of the, uh, of some of the top guys uh, ownership wise. So I can take some shots on some of these other cheapies that are going to sound gross, but like on this slate could easily end up being the best bang for your buck. Like it's really weird to say a guy like Dylan Covey. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I understand people like <laughs> Toronto and I have a lot of Toronto, their value and there's upside. The problem is they're going to be really high owned. This team has scored more than three runs, I think, twice in the last, like, 18 games or something like that. Um, we just have seen pitchers cruise through them enough to where why couldn't we get this incredibly low-owned guy on on this, you know, tiny slate? Why couldn't he have, you know, put up 16 and that be, you know, better than the other guys above him? Like, it's completely in the cards that it's possible. Um, it doesn't feel great, but I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to take a shot on him. Uh, I do think Pineda will have a little more ownership, so I have less interest there. And also, I like the Seattle bats, but that's the other guy. Like I'm looking at is Kobe just to play a little bit. Um, How much salary do you need though to step down to Kobe? Like if you're not you're playing Kobe with Castillo? No, I, I tend to like to go extremes on these. I could play him with Castillo, but I would rather play Lauer. So if I'm going to play both the low, I'll probably play both the low guys and then just way overpay for some of the bats that I like. That, okay, you know. But it's 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 it you know it's not even necessary really on the state. It's, you're just doing it sort of to be different um, because that's what you have to do to win tournaments on on these smaller slates. Like other than like leaving some money on the table, which you could do, um, I do think this is a really good way to be different. Is just paying down for you know two guys just to try and take a shot. Like, look, it's probably not going to work out great, but it definitely you know it, 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 I'm going to have to take some shots on it. It's, we're talking about fifteen percent, so it's not going to go crazy. Though the one other pitcher that I should, it's, I think worth mentioning is Trevor Williams another low strikeout guy and a pretty decent uh, strikeout matchup with San Diego. Uh, I like what San Diego's doing. They're coming alive. If the wind wasn't coming from the direction it was, it was or if it changes, I might uh, have some interest in some of these Padres righties. More, I had a lot more interest until I saw this because I do think it suppresses some of the power when the wind's blowing at this angle. But um, I, I like, you know, I, I would like to take some bats against them, but mostly I think Williams is the, the other pitcher that's sort of in consideration here. Probably not going to get more than 20, but that should be good enough on the slate if he can get there. Yeah, I will say what Williams is going for him is like he's, <clears throat> like you say, he doesn't strike anybody out 17.9% uh, the last two years. That's obviously not a very a good number, but if you break it down by splits as far as lefty righty, 13.2% versus lefty, 22.3% versus righties. We don't have a San Diego lineup just yet, but they can only get so left handed. They might have three, maybe Garcia and Allen and Hosmer crack it, but otherwise we're looking at a pile of righties and you know, if we're looking for an upgrade of some sort of potential upside, I suppose that's it. But, you know, upside is uh, is relative today. And like you were talking about how he likes safe pitchers 
I like the upside pitchers. I like, you know, give me the Verlanders and I just want to pay up for the studs when I talk about a cash game perspective. That's why I'm not playing cash games tonight. I just don't love it. It's kind of messing around. And I didn't really want to have things hinge upon, you know, if I, if I pair uh, a guy like Williams or a guy like Stroman with, with Castillo, but, and that's kind of like my, my, my main SP2. So I'm kind of with you, you know, as far as Williams, Stroman, and just uh, go all the way down to a guy like Lauer. Uh, the, the names that people recognize, uh, you know, they just, you know, woke up and they watched baseball four years ago. Adam Wainwright, uh, Tehran, we're not interested in those guys. We, we don't want any shares. I think Tehran makes a little more sense because the righties in the lineup, but these are good hitters, man. I don't really want to mess with it too much. So uh, I probably have like one lineup with each of them in there, but I think I'm just trying to take the avoid approach on these. They'll, they'll, they'll have some ownership, like not going to be crazy high owned or anything, but the weather is good hitting weather there in Atlanta. The weather's warm. Um, I like both of these offenses today. I like this whole game as a stack, um, at least mini stacking both sides of it. So I don't know if I'm going to take as many shots here, but wouldn't surprise you. You know what I mean? Like it probably is worth it to play a little bit more tear on. I just want to keep my pitching a little bit condensed, but he's probably the guy, you know, has enough upside, makes some sense. And, you know, sure. Maybe you could get a game like that out of, uh, out of Wainwright, but I just, this Atlanta team scares me. It seems like a pretty big number. Nine and a half is the total. That's, I mean, that, I think it was 10 earlier today, if I'm not mistaken. It yeah, it opened at 10. I feel like it's even dropping the nine and a half. That's still a pretty healthy number. I'm trying, I want to see. I'm pulling up the I'm pulling up Ross Weather tool. I'm curious uh, if anything pops as far as that game. Uh, yeah, uh, well, it's a 13-game sample, so take it, you know, the old grain of salt. But, um, you know, a slight upgrade in homers, an upgrade in total runs in 13 games. ERA has jumped up 18% as well, too. <clears throat> you guys can get Ross Weather Tool. It's a you can buy it a la carte, I believe. Of course, it comes along with RG Premium. It's a, it comes with it. Uh, any other pitchers that are worth talking about? I mean, there's the Swanson's throwing baseballs, but like Minnesota's good, and Swanson's not. <laughs> Hashtag analysis. Um, yeah, but we we might get Sano back. Do we have a Minnesota lineup yet? He's supposed to. Uh, I think he's going to be back, but I don't. We don't have a lineup yet. Yeah, so, so that's why I'm really excited today. By the way, Dean Miguel Sano is my guy. When we used to get the messages from from all this from DraftKings, who you play this guy the most, it was never not Miguel Sano. Really? But, yeah, for me, it's it's a thing. That, I mean, I just played him against low strikeout pitchers every time that he every time that happened. And uh, this guy, when he doesn't strike out, is literally like Babe Ruth. So <laughs> he was at you know he used to be like one year I think he had like almost a forty percent K rate. At least it was going that way for a while. And but when he's makes when he makes contact and you have a low strikeout pitcher in Swanson, uh, this guy can hit the ball as far as anybody. So I don't care that he's coming back just from the injury. I'm not going to be delicate with it. I'm going to play a ton of them. His price is too low. I don't care where they hit him in the lineup. I like the matchup. I'm going to stay on brand and keep playing Sano. I wonder uh, does he DH? I mean, you know, uh, Latortuga might have to actually catch because one of their catchers got hurt. Um, they have like I'll, 19 catchers. They can play yeah. Castro. They can play. <laughs> Well, he plays third base sometimes, La Tortuga, and uh, Boomstick Nelly Cruz has been hurt too. And of course, those guys, Cruz and uh, I don't, know, I don't know if Sano's been playing the field or not. I saw he he has rehabbed a bit in the minors, and he has a couple homers in ten games for what it's worth. So, I mean, the power is still there; it's real. And and Swanson's basically like a minor league pitcher, right? He's not somebody that's. Well, I mean, he's really he's on the fringes. We'll say that. Yeah. Um, I'm curious what we're going to get as far as that lineup. And maybe that's why they're holding off on it. Maybe that's why it hasn't come out just yet. Or it's just later. It's just, yeah, 10 o'clock East Coast game. So uh, no lineup just yet for Minnesota. Uh, other sticks, other bats. Who else? Uh, because we're done with arms, right? Who else kind of jumped off the page today as far as uh, one of your favorite hitters that you're targeting? I'm just going to take a quick look at my ownerships because you know I hate to get these things wrong. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, as far as hitters go, like this, the, the guys who really stood out to me, uh, I know he's going to be popular, but I love Ronald Acuna today. Uh, I'll be ahead of the field. There's guys, we, you know, we talked about this lately with Houston. I think it's a good time to bring it up on the small slates. You obviously don't want to be playing too many guys that are high owned, but I have enough guys that I'm going to be playing that are low owned. So I, I don't mind uh, taking, you know, taking some, if I really, really like the hitter and if there's stolen base upside also, I'm always going to, you know, just play my guys and, and try to, if, if I have value, I like elsewhere. I was trying uh, – I should have set you up better. That was probably my mistake. wasn't the best assist. But, uh, you know, when uh, Devin's like, hey, who's a couple guys you like in this slate? Send me a little message, right? <laughs> and you, you told him you like Matt Carpenter. And I was like, oh, he's going to say Matt Carpenter now. And then Devin puts the picture up of Matt Carpenter. And then you throw Ronald Acuna, who's also a great play in the same game. But you also like Matt Carpenter, right? I was going to get to Matt Carpenter. I just don't need to. I, the thing with the, the thing with Carpenter is that I like the position even better than the, well, both positions as much or as the outfield. And he's going to be even higher owned probably than Acuna or at least right there. So it's a, I, and I prefer Acuna. So that's, that's the reason the ownership has, has played more into it today because I didn't realize exactly how high owned. I knew he'd be high owned. I just didn't think it'd be as high as we've got him projected right now. So I sort of moved a little bit off of Carpenter since I initially sent the message. But, yes, I do love Carpenter. I like this whole game as a stack. Um, Carpenter is one of my – I was going to read the guys who are my highest owned. Acuna, Carpenter, uh, Machado, Polanco, Ozuna. These are just the guys who I have uh, as my favorite. Not necessarily one-offs, but just the most usage of. Uh, J.P. Crawford, if he's in the lineup for Seattle at 3.1, is a great value. Uh, Randall Grichik is going to be popular, but I also like Fran Mill Reyes. I don't like, again, I'm a little worried about the San Diego bats, but I do love the Renfro Reyes, uh, uh, Machado power upside, even, even if it is the wind is blowing across, I still think it's worth taking shots on them. They're going to be too, too low owned, especially for how cheap they are, especially Machado. Um, and then you got to love the, all the twins. The problem is they're going to be higher owned, but, uh, Sano, I don't think will be as quite, quite as high owned. So I'm going to be all over them. You think people are not going to notice Sano in the lineup? Like no, he, they'll play him. He just really won't be cheap. like, yeah, no, they'll play him. I just don't think it's going to be like as astronomical ownership as you think it is. I think people will still rather play Kepler at 39. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of good plays in the outfield today. So, you know, and then at third base. So it's not, it's not necessarily so easy, you know, just to plug him in there. And again, we don't need to pay up for pitching if we don't want to. So money almost doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, if you want to play Castillo, like, of course, Sano will end up more in more of those lineups. So I will try to play him in my lineups that don't have Castillo in them, if that makes sense. Sano is 6.7K on Fantasy Draft. He's a 3.5K on DK. I think he's like 2.4 or 2.5 on Fandle, something like that, off the dome. It's it's cheap. And, uh, again, we don't have officially in the lineups just yet, but uh, we suspect he's going to make his debut tonight. And also, uh, who else is getting called up today or back to the minors? Malik Smith is supposed to come back for Seattle. So don't be surprised if you see Malik's in the lineup for Seattle tonight for what it's worth. No lineup just yet there for the Mariners. Um, you want to go around the horn? Yeah, let's do it. Um, I do want to just mention real quick that all of these Seattle guys are seem like, I don't know if these ownerships are going to be right, but like, I think that they're the low owned guys who you want to take either one off shots, two off shots, maybe not fully stacked, but if you want to do that, that's fine too. There's a lot of power upside. You know, this guy, yeah, Pineda gives up a ton of home runs to a team with this much power. And you have low ownership. You've got Jay Bruce projected at almost no ownership right now. I'm sure that'll change a little bit. But there's a lot of options tonight, like I said. So that I feel like they might be sort of forgotten. I just want to throw them in there. So if we kick Dan Straley off the slate, like that's a fantasy draft play. You know, obviously play the Indians. Dan Straley, you know, small sample size. Historically, he's been, he gets smashed, a lot of fly balls. He's giving up just short of three homers per nine in the season. Uh, he's got an eight to three ERA 
a 6-2-1 Sierra. Homer to fly ball is still not that crazy, 17%. That's not nuts. But you talked about that Seattle-Minnesota game, the two highest guys as far as homer on the fly ball, uh, homer per nine on the season are Pineda and Swanson. Pineda 2.25 per nine and Swanson at 2.22 per nine. And again, two other guys that aren't exactly huge as far as the homer on the fly ball where it's not too crazy, 17, 17.9% and 16.7%. So um, a couple fly ball guys out there too. And it's funny, if you look at the, the page, it's showing weather. Um, but yeah, we, I, I guess if there's weather issues, I'll just close the, it's a retractable dome. So it's, the game's going to play. It's just a matter of, is if uh, the dome, the dome's going to be open or not. You said you've been there, like uh, we were talking pre-show. You said you've been there several times. Uh, do they, don't, they just typically close it, open it? Well, what's, what's the standard there, you know? Yeah, I've never been there when it, I, I, every time I've been there, it was beautiful out. And, and so it wasn't an issue. Um, I, I think I was only in one game where it was closed. I had kind of forgotten about it because I was actually looking at the weather today. Um, but uh, it's a great stadium, second best stadium in the world, in my opinion, and uh, for the baseball. And, What's number uh, one? Uh, unfortunately, I hate to say it, it's the Giants. I <laughs> I've never been to San Fran's uh, ballpark, but it looks awesome on TV. It does get cold in there sometimes, so I'll give maybe I will give the edge to to Safeco, but I, I don't know. They're 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 both great stadiums. You got to get one of those panda hats, right? That'll keep you warm. Do they still sell those oh, these days in 2019? I had to get a Giants blanket. It was so cold. It was like 40 degrees one night when I went to a game there, and I had to, and I hate the Giants more than anything. Um, but I had to actually get a Giants blanket because it was that cold. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, I, I haven't been there, so I can't rank that one. But I, I Pittsburgh is my favorite ballpark that I've been to. But uh, San Diego is really nice too, out there on the West Coast. Yeah, that's a nice one. And Dodger Stadium. Like Dodger Stadium, I'm sure you've been there a ton, but like you have to like go, you go in on layers. Like you couldn't get to the bottom if you go if you go in at the top, you can't get to the bottom. What's up with that? Yeah, can. I just did. I, I you can walk all the way up and down if you want to. You just got to go to the staircase. You just got to know where everything is. Dodger Stadium is beautiful. The setting is beautiful. It's just a pain. Yeah. No, it is. It's a beautiful setting. It's a. I mean, it's a really really nice like like view setting area. All that stuff. It's just you know, it's an older stadium. Third oldest ballpark, right? It's got to be behind uh, uh, Wrigley and, and Fenway, right? I, I assume it's third. I think it's third. It's either third. Yeah, I think it is it third or second. I don't know what else it would be. Well, it, like, it's not older than Wrigley or, or Fenway. Those have been around for years. Like the whole yeah, 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 you're right. I'm just trying to think of. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. I guess they'd have to be. Uh, and chat, they're talking about the Cubs being uh, cheap enough. And, you know, look, I guess that's the leverage play. Like that's the old slate IQ play. It'll tell you because Castillo's going to be fairly popular. It's just that I don't – I guess – I mean, I, I think guys like Bryant and Baez and Schwarber – Schwarber leading off today, by the way, for what it's worth. And <clears throat> Castillo is vulnerable to lefty power throughout his career. And uh, I think that's actually a BB play, BBP play as well, too, in a small sample. I happened to notice that earlier today. Don't hate Schwarber as a cheapie versus Castillo. I think you can actually play them both in the same lineup. But let's talk catcher, Bobby. Uh, it's terrible. Spoiler alert. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, I was looking at the stadiums for a second. Um, What'd you come up with? I was actually, I actually was just getting the page. Dodgers are number three. Um, just, but uh, here we go. Let me, sorry, I'm just grabbing my catchers real quick. Uh, yeah, it's, do we pay down? I, actually, the, the Royals lineup came out. I'm sorry, the Blue Jays lineup came out while we were on air, so I'm not even sure who's catching for them. Danny Jansen at 2.3K on DK. Yeah, so there's your value that you go to, um, like our boy Ben Boom, <laughs> um, the other night. That was pretty fun. The, the dude's got a he bats a thousand in the majors, and they pinch hit for him. That was ridiculous. I think he got hurt. Somebody said he got oh, really? hurt. Really? Is that what happened? Yeah. I didn't see that. that, that that's because I was trying to figure it out too. I thought that they pulled a double switch, but it wasn't. I think he got hurt. Oh. Um, 
I think that like, one of the interesting guys, and Stevie mentioned it on when we did the morning grind this morning, Wellington Castillo actually matches up pretty well with Stroman when you're not playing him, and you're not going to have any ownership on him. It's a, I really like that play as, as just a pivot off the other guys. Um, the anti-BVBP play is uh, Yadier Molina, but I do like Yadi in this, in this spot, in this game. Um, you're paying up for him, obviously. And then just no one way up for Narvaez, and I think that that's a really, really good way to go for tournaments. Uh, I also think, like, you know, Casali makes some sense if you're not playing Quintana. It's not an exciting position by any means. And to the Twins, we still, still don't have their lineup out yet. So depending on who's catching for them, I, I like whoever that is. But they're going to be up a three Twins catching for all we know, or like at least listed as catchers. Yeah, for sure. And I would <clears throat> think it's Estadio over the other ones. Um, but yeah, for me, it's mostly uh, Jansen, um, some Molina with the, with my stacks there, and then a lot of Nervaez because I think that other people aren't going to go that route. Yeah, obviously uh, on fantasy draft you don't have to roster a catcher, but uh, there's your catchers if you're uh, shopping for one. Uh, how about first base? It's got to be better than catcher, right? So first base, if you're playing on fantasy draft, um, play your first base, your third baseman a ton. There's a lot of really good options at first and third base today, and it's hard to prioritize all of them. So uh, Matt Carpenter is the, the the chalky one that makes a lot of sense. You can use him at either spot. I actually like third base better, so I would play him at first, but they're both really good. I love Vogelbach. He's one of my favorite plays on the slate. Uh, really, really just can't emphasize how much I love him in this power spot against Pineda. Vogelbach or, or his teammate Encarnacion? Both of them, but I like I like either one of them, but I like Incarn- I like Vogelbach better, but this also proves why on Fantasy Draft I'm saying you should play multiple because you can also play both Blue Jay guys who I like a ton, which is uh, Smoke, and I, pre- I prefer Tellez too. He's going to be lower owned, um, even a little bit cheaper, not that you need it, but really like both those guys. I like Alonzo if you, if you want to go in a, a different direction. Um, Freddie Freeman makes a lot of sense, but I actually think I'm going to be fading a little bit of a chalkier guy when I can – pivot over to the other bats that I really like uh, that are going to be lower owned. Same so thing with- on such a short slate, you can get, you know, ridiculously hot Josh Bell, like fairly buried and lost on a slate. Am I wrong in that? Like, you know, I, I just, the ballpark's not great. It's better for righty power than it is for lefty power for what it's worth. Uh, but the price, and obviously again, like this is probably one of those things you're talking about before you're rostering two, you know, of the cheaper pitchers because now it doesn't matter what Josh Bell costs, you can afford him. Yeah, I agree. And he's like, you talk about low ownership. He's going to have even like lower ownership than, you know, any of these guys. So um, you can, you can do it. I, I don't think it's the route I'm going to go because there are other low play, low, low, low own plays that are cheaper in that game that I prefer at the same, if they were, if Machado and Bell were the same price in this game, I would prefer Machado position. All right. Fair position. enough. Cause I don't want to use my first base spot there. Like I just don't want to do that. So Machado at shortstop, you know, if they were the same price, I would use him. So I like Machado in that situation. He's also going to be less than 10% owned, probably. I'm pulling up the ownership. You, you referenced it several times. Maybe that's something we'll show later on <clears throat> at the premium peak as far as seeing what's going down ownership-wise because um, I'm curious. You, you mentioned Bell. He's got to be, like, super, super low. It's, it's got, like, maybe 10% or so. I'm scrolling. I still no, no, no. He'll be 1%. That's, I mean, that's ridiculous if that's the case, isn't it? Well, we have Vogelbach projected at 5%. So how do you – he's 800 cheaper, and I prefer him individually. I mean, he's a much better play. He's a higher projected play, in my opinion. Like, if I tell you Josh Bell's going to be 1% owned, you don't get any shares? Well, no, no, I, I think it makes sense, too. I'm agreeing, but like I'm saying, there are other the, – the, when the other pivots are going to be 5% owned and they're much cheaper and I like them better, yeah. why I don't need to get that crazy with the 1% guy when I can get crazy with the 5% guy everywhere. 
who I like. By the way, uh, you know, on, on the, uh, the the lineup HQ, there's, there's the plate IQ score, the plate IQ premium score. Uh, the top hitter on the plate IQ premium score by over five points. Uh, we're on first base. It's Justin Smoke. You yeah. mentioned you mentioned Talese, but that's pretty interesting. That's just that's a big separator. Like he, he's five points ahead of Fre- Freeman. The, the best is a, a, Eric Sogard's third, which is hilarious to me. And then you know Carpenter, we talked about. You know Vlad Guerrero, who's been hot all of a sudden. But uh, just thought that was interesting. Well, worth noting there as far as uh, Justin. Smoke. The other day we had six Royals at the top, and they smashed up against. Uh, Somebody terrible. I don't really recall who it was, but it was I think not- it worked too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of stuff worked that night. It worked, but it was frustrating because <clears throat> they scored nine runs in the first two innings and then they had nothing. Yeah, that is the word. You're all of a sudden you're you're counting the money bags and then you know you fast forward like what happened in those last five innings? But what are you gonna do? Baseball. Last eight innings. Yeah, answer. exactly. Um, what do you have for me as far as first base? Anything else? Or you want to move on and talk about second? I mean, just it's a loaded position. We talked about a bunch of guys. I, that's why I would encourage people not to play guys like Smoke as much, even though he's a great play. Him and Carpenter stand out as being great plays, but they're just – why would I play a chalky guy when there's so many good options that I like just as much that are going to be lower owned? So that's just where I'm going. So second base is, uh, is kind of crap. You know, Albies, by the way, he's relegated to the eighth hole tonight. He's batting eighth. Yeesh. Behind Austin Riley, who's playing his second game ever in his life. Well, in the majors. He's Riley's great. batting sixth, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say McCann as well. Sorry about that. Um, ahead of Tehran, though, for what it's worth. But, yeah, he definitely uh, t- took a big drop there as far as the, the position spot. I wish Colton Wong would be batting higher uh, against Tehran. I-, I would think that they would know to raise him up, but that's not happening, unfortunately. That lineup is pretty good for what it's worth. Um, and there's the aforementioned Eric Sogard leading off against Covey. There's not a lot here at second to like, is there? So if you are going to play those, you know, Blue Jays stacks, I think you want to try and get guys like Sogard who are going to be a little bit lower, lower owned than they probably should be. Um, that's just my guess. Uh, it's weird. It's, 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 a, it's a strange position because I, I like Atlanta and St. Louis both. So I have interest in both of their second baseman, even batting eighth, hoping to keep the ownership down on Albies. We know Wong always bats eighth, so I don't think it should be any shocker there, but they're both I think they're still both strong plays. Um, I actually think Sogard, you know, because they're both batting eight, might get more ownership now. We've got to, I just realized his ownership jumped a little bit. Um, and then Jonathan Scope in your stacks of Minnesota. But again, he's going to be popular and also batting eighth. So it's a battle of the eight hitters um, unless, you know, <laughs> want to play Drury or uh, Sogard. So I think for me, I'm prioritized. I'm playing more Wong and Albies because I have the, those stacks or mini stacks of the, that game more. Um, and then Sogard, I think, is my biggest one, like one-off play at the position. I'm not really playing a ton of other guys except for Scope and some stacks, and then I'll probably throw Drury into a stack or two now that we know he's in the lineup. So the hot corner third base, we talked about how much you like Matt Carpenter. Give me the pivots off of Matt Carpenter. Well, Miguel Sano plays third base and outfield, so you can use him there. Uh, I would advise him using the outfield, although I like the outfield a lot too. Machado plays third base shortstop. Use him at short. Um, those are the guys who I have pencil, who have written in. I think Yohan Moncada is one of the best pivots off of anything on this slate. Uh, again, another – I don't want to stack up uh, uh, Chicago, but I think taking these really low-owned guys against Stroman where you're not playing him is, is a great way to pivot. I would prefer doing it with Moncada versus Bell uh, in this spot. I think Moncada actually grades out much better in a much better – uh, stadium, much better potential home run spot, I think, than Bell has right now, um, just with it being down there. Uh, obviously, can always steal a base, too. I just think that I would prefer to go that way. But really, it's Donaldson, uh, Donaldson, Guerrero, 
and then Riley for me, like those are the guys I'm playing the most um, other than, uh, you know, some of, some of the other guys I mentioned earlier with my stacks, but mostly it's those guys. I really like the price on Guerrero Donaldson and on Riley, obviously. So I, I love taking all those shots. I understand it's dangerous with, with Riley. They pinch fielded for him because he's not an outfield regularly yesterday, but I think he's going to have low ownership. <clears throat> I, I don't mind yeah. taking a shot there with that power. Yeah, Riley just just learning how to play the outfield uh, in the minors about a week or so, basically, because that's the spot that opened up. I believe Enciarte got hurt for Atlanta, so that kind of makes sense there. Um, or I guess it was kind of cluttered in the infield, I suppose. You mentioned Mankata. As far as home run potential with Stroman, that's just kind of my concern is that Stroman, ground ball guy, he's given up like a half a homer per nine. It doesn't give up a ton of home runs, but for sure, you know, there's definitely upside there. Um, all right, let's, let's jump well, to uh, what it's worth. Does that, that that actually is the type of he, ground ball pitchers are, are the type of pitchers he actually should should be hitting. You know, he should be hitting home runs off of for the most part. So I actually kind of like that for his matchup. Although I don't love that Stroman doesn't give up a lot of bombs. What do you have for me at shortstop? Uh, Machado is the number one guy for me. I think that the ownership is too going to be too low um, compared to the other guys. Uh, it's Machado and Crawford would be my two favorites. I like I like the ownership. I mean, really, that's where it's at. And Crawford is so cheap. Uh, I think a ton of people are going to play Polanco even at the high price. I'm, I love him. I just wish this was going to be Polanco at 4% or 5% like we're used to getting at that price. I think if I'm paying up, I would play DeJong above him, ab uh, above Polanco. I really like this mat the way that this matchup sets up for that whole Cardinals offense, including DeJong, who I think might actually be lower owned too. Um, and then I, I really like uh, Dansby uh, as another low owned option, but Mostly it's the uh, the first two for me, uh, Crawford and Machado. I do think that Freddie Galvis will be one of the lower owned parts of that stack. So if you want to try and find, you know, play these chalky stacks, you want to try and find the low owned guys. So I, I would use uh, Galvis in my Toronto stacks if I was fully stacking them. Who is your favorite one-off versus the weakest EO? My favorite, it would be Schwarber by far. Yeah, that's, I feel like he's like the chalky one because he's so cheap and he's leading off and he's like the guy seeing the obvious jump. Uh, in lineup spot, like he's a guy that's hit seventh race sometimes. Um, your second favorite, like basically Bryant or, or Baez, or you're just not you're not getting there. It's always Baez for me as my second favorite, like as my next favorite guy. Just I think he <clears throat> play on their team all the time. Um, yeah, he's probably a good option at shortstop actually as a pivot off these other guys. He just in general, has so much more upside than any shortstop in baseball because of his power and speed, and he's just willing to run all the time. So. Um, but I, yeah, I mean, that, I don't, I don't love him tonight, but I, I think that it's a good pivot off of uh, the chalk. All right, we're gonna show the uh, lineup HQ in just a second. We'll take a peek as far as what's going on with the uh, the ownership projections. Maybe we'll see some uh, some of the umpire data that kind of pops for us. Did you take a look at the umpire data just yet? Uh, yeah, I have a little bit, but we haven't gotten there. Well, actually, we just got some more in, so I'm gonna take a look real quick. Um, no, we didn't get any more in actually. Well, we'll take a look at, yeah, when a new series start, starts, obviously, you don't know the, the umpires until, depending on a couple hours, give or take, before the game starts. But then once uh, the series starts, then you know they just rotate counterclockwise. The view playing first, playing uh, umping first, uh, jumps to uh, behind the plate the next game. Let's go to the I outfield. I want to point out one thing about Castillo also, just while we look at the umpire data, this is an important thing I think it's worth talking about. Um, if you want to really try and find a reason to pivot off of a guy who's going to be so chalky and is so expensive on this kind of slate, another reason is like if you look at the K prop, like he only has he only expects expected to strike out one more guy than anybody else here. And there's a few guys you have at the five, you know, averaging we're supposed to get five and a half Ks today. Uh, actually, there's five guys who are projected for you know that's their over under, and then Castillo you've got at six and a half. That just gives you a like I don't know for for me in great hitters umpire for there it just 
it makes me want to fade more and more Castillo, even though obviously could kill me. I just think like I want to try and find a way to differentiate and I think more and more reason to. What is this caper up today? I'm trying to find it. I never, yeah. What is it next to in lineup HQ? I don't know why I can it's never find the this. Empire. Okay. I'm, I'm right next to the umpire. Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. He, he's got a K prop of six and a half. And like you said, uh, Trevor Williams, Pineda, Tehran, uh, and, uh, Quintana as long as well as Stroman. Yeah. And that's a bump for Stroman, by the way, that five and a half is a bump because it's the, it's the white Sox bump, uh, all projected at five and a half. It is six and a half with a, with heavy in the juice for what it's worth as far as, uh, Castillo. Minus fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. But I do think that it's, <clears throat> it's just worth noting, like that's not a very high K prop and it's only one, you know what I mean? It just, it's a, it's something that you know you're looking for if, if he was going to be low owned that's we don't think about this but if he's going to be high owned we're trying to find ways not to play him this is just giving you more of a reason i agree we had what like chris sale the other day like eight and a half or it was eight and a half or nine and a half nine and Colorado. Half. it was a huge number because like colorado without like three lefties against them and again he struck out everybody i think everybody got at least one one k but uh yeah 17 strikeouts and 21 outs is pretty impressive that was that was who was it your, your dodgers man maeda last night i mean Dude, these what? guys can play pitch. I'm just telling you, this might be the best pitching staff in baseball, and it's not the guys you think they are. Like, like Ryu is genuinely one of the best pitchers in baseball. He's been awesome. He's been he's been awesome. And but oh, is he is a uh, Maeda just gonna combust if he throws like an 87th pitch? Like, what happens there? This is the guy who used to have the biggest leash, and I have no idea what they're doing. I didn't know why they pulled him last night. He was cruising. Yeah. Um, I, I really don't understand exactly what's happening, to be honest with you. But I think that it's going to change at some point. I think we still got to – we just got to treat the Dodgers. Like, even though David Robert, Dave Roberts is crazy and all this stuff, these guys have become the best GPP players in baseball because no one will play them, and they keep putting up monster scores that are winning everybody all the money. I guess what my hit is his age, though, right? He's I, I just Googled that. I knew he was old. I didn't know he was this old. He's, he's 38. It doesn't know. bother. I, I don't think – I mean, he's, he was throwing 120 pitches in games last year. He was the one guy being extended. I don't I don't know what happened in the offseason that, that's led to this, but – I, he didn't look it's not like he's breaking down after 70 pitches it's just no. they're playing him so we'll see what happens i think i think as the season wears on you'll see a little bit more of a leash and stripling can't try can't can't crack this rotation and i guess i don't know they have so many good arms like urius you know but uh yeah and kershaw has been downgraded but i guess the other guys have been elevated to kind of like uh, kind of on the way back up again like yeah there's a lot of good good arms there Let's knock out some outfielders. People in the chat, start to start loading up your questions, too. We're going to knock out as many questions as possible as possible before we step aside and get out of here. If you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, ask your question there. Our fabulous multitasking producer, the D-Train, he's going to copy and paste your question and throw it here in the Road Riders chat. If you guys are already in the RG chat, feel free to load up some questions. We'll knock those out. Uh, outfielders, Bobby. Uh, outfielders, uh, the guys who, you know, I mentioned already, like Sano, I think you're playing out here, Acuna. I think Marcelo Zuna is the best uh, pay up on this on the slate for uh, the outfield. I, he's the guy I'm going to have the most exposure to. Uh, is absolutely I, I don't care. You guys can believe in BVP or not. He's absolutely just torched Tehran in the past. And how many bats does he have? Thirty-seven, I think. Oh no, no, Ozuna. I'm sorry, I apologize. I, I heard Acuna. Okay, yeah, it's just, that's his teammate. Continue. Go ahead. Ozuna's had a ton of at bats, and these were in a lot a lot worse hitting conditions than, than this one is. Um, you know, both stadium, you know, anyway, but, uh, but I, I, the pitch types actually line up to where he should crush Tehran and he does. So this is a really, really good power spot for him. I love this. I love this spot. Um, I like Grichik. He's going to be more popular, unfortunately. So probably going to have to try and get less of him. Um, same thing with Kepler, uh, trying to get over the weight on all these, on the Padres guys, bats I like, I like, again, mentioned Renfro and, and Reyes, um, in the outfield, Eddie Rosario, uh, again, another guy who's going to have some ownership that I'm interested in. Nick Senzel, 
another guy with some ownership can have some interest in. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, another guy with some ownership is I'm interested in. Uh, another guy who might get overlooked in that Minnesota stack, again, he sometimes gets forgotten, sometimes he doesn't. Marwin Gonzalez, uh, 3.5K. We don't even know where he'll be batting tonight. Uh, that's part of the yeah. problem. But And you might not even know before lineups lock, but you might. Um, those guys, and then, you know, all these Seattle guys, I'm just going to mention, like, I think that they're – I think the ownership's going to come up on them as the day goes on, but they're just way – the ownerships are just way projected way too low for them, and – I think we've got to take a lot more shots on Seattle. I think it's going to rise, but it's not going to rise high enough. Malik Smith, I'm seeing, is 3.6K uh, on DK. I don't know where he is anywhere else, but uh, if he cracks that lineup, he's, he's kind of an interesting spot as well, too, of course. He's got some speed, too. It doesn't necessarily have to do with the bat. And if you think uh, you know, Seattle's just going to bang around <clears throat> Pineda, I don't mind him as a cheapie. Again, who even I don't know Pineda. I actually don't have Pineda's holding on runners information in front of me. I've got to probably look that up because – if you can run on him, then all of a sudden that then it becomes like if you have him and Crawford at the top, like that's a huge stack with stolen base slash a little bit of power upside. So if you go to the plate IQ, Bobby, and sure, this is a good segue, I suppose. Let's go. Let's go to the plate IQ. Let's do a little screen share. Uh, plate IQ is free for some things, not for everything. For this, I believe you have to have premium. Uh, let's go ahead and check out the Minnesota Seattle game. And if you pull the Pineda up, uh, let's see. It's we'll see stolen base ratings. It's all red for what it's worth, but like we have to see like a guy in Seattle that can actually steal. Like there's no projected D Gordon in the lineup. There's no projected, uh, you know, Malik Smith in the lineup. But uh, and also if you pull up the premium leaderboards, you can go to uh, stolen bases and you see who uh, who kind of pops here. And it's probably nobody in Seattle because again, it's Malik Smith not in the system just yet. So yeah. it's kind of sort of hard to read from there. Yeah. Um, yeah, makes well, sense. Um, I gotta look at I gotta look at his other his his whole lifetime thing. It's, it's harder too with American League pitchers because they might not have had guys running them as much throughout their career. Yeah, um, but this you know the team baseball is also changing back to running a little bit more for some teams. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, just was worth worth mentioning, but certainly not not worth getting caught up on. I think I named a bunch of the outfielders I like. There's obviously a lot more guys, so I would love to. I think it's probably be good to start answering some questions because I think that. Uh, it's one of the best things to do on these smaller slates and really always helps me even with my, with my process too. So. Well, let's just take a look at the ownership percent we were talking about before. Uh, I'm on, I want to see what we have as far as the hitters, as far as the pitchers uh, on the, do you have the ownership percentage put up in front of you as far as the one FHQ? Yeah, I do. Okay. I'm pulling it up. And for some reason, yeah, so again, I'm, why, why is it, uh, you, you tell me, what, what do you have as far as Luis Castillo? Oh, Luis at 50%. Oh, let me see. Hold on. That's what it was. Let me just double check. Oh. I was on hitter for a second. 52%. I'm on the wrong slate. Of course I am. You're, the chat's going to crush me for this one. <laughs> I'm on the early four game slate. So, uh, you didn't have to tell us. Well, they could see it's, uh, it's on the screen. It's oh, like, it is on the screen. Yeah. Right now. There's no way of running away from it. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right. We'll get to the right screen. I'm there. Yeah. 52%. And again, you know, Jamino and Steve are always kind of working on this. It's always kind of tinkering. Uh, and the, the, the percentages are fluid, but that's, that's where we're at right now. And it's guys we talked about, you know, we talked about basically everybody, but Castillo at 52%, Strowman, then Williams and Lauer. And that, that's kind of the guys I like. Your favorite guy outside of the, that top four, is it Quintana? Is it Tehran? Who is it? I think that Quintana may, would be the one who makes the most sense for tournaments. But again, you get the umpire situation. And then I'm just going to end up throwing a few shots with Dylan Covey, like not going to probably do it in the 333s, but I'll, I'll definitely do it in the $44 buy-ins and the, you know, the, the, $19 takes some shots on that million person thing but like um yeah it's mostly just the top four for me that I'm uh rotating through with a little bit of Kobe and a little bit of Pineda 
We have two extreme hitters, umpires, as of right now. Still just two games. We don't have the data just yet as far as Seattle, San Diego. Uh, or Seattle, Minnesota, San Diego, and Pittsburgh. Uh, Wainwright and Quintana, Tehran, and Castillo all will be dealing with an extreme hitters umpire. Uh, Marcus Stroman and Dylan Covey have a pitcher's umpire for what it's worth. I tend to lean on the extremes. You know, I mean, it's look, you take in all the data and do what you will. And I don't let one thing dictate what I'm going to do, but it's just, you know, it's worth noting, right? Is that kind of sort of where you're at as far as? Yes, and I and I think it's really important to note that it's really important for the hitting teams also too. Like I, I'm much less interested in stacking a team if Bill Miller is the umpire of that game. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's it's going to be right all 100%, but I I do think it changes things enough. And you know, two borderline calls that could be but walks instead of strikeouts throughout the course of a game actually changes things quite a bit. Like, and that's going to happen in in these cases in in certain spots. You know what I mean? Not necessarily every game, but. That, that, that kind of stuff does make a huge, huge difference, not to mention just whether a pitcher gets ahead or behind in the count and how that can affect your hitters. So I like stacking a lot more when I see the extreme hitter. It just made me feel better about the, the full game stack of St. Louis and, and uh, uh, Arizona. I'm sorry, St. Louis. And uh, why, am I, why do I keep Atlanta? Atlanta. Louis Castillo, you think it will be above or below 50% ownership? Do I think he'll be above or below? No, no, where will you be? I'll be below. Yeah. Uh, I just have talk, to be. I'm not going to have – look, it makes sense I'm just to play him. I'm just not going not gonna to go with chalk on this slate. You talked about Acuna. He, absolutely, he happens to be one of the most more popular hitters in the slate for what it's worth. Um, I'm seeing 28% ownership. Somebody in the chat's asking about Vladdy Guerrero. He's at 26% as far as his ownership. That's a pretty big number, Matt Carpenter. All these names you basically talked about, the Minnesota dudes, we don't know uh, where they're going to be in the lineup just yet. We presume Kepler and Rosario are going to crack it. Minnesota seems to be one of the more popular stacks. Uh, where are you at as far as your favorite stack in the slate? So the interesting thing is Toronto is going to probably end up with the highest ownership along with Minnesota. The funniest part about the Toronto thing is this team has scored more than three runs twice. Like in like, and I think they've may have, have they scored double digit runs all year? Like this is crazy to me. Like they scored three or less runs in almost all of their games and they're going to be the chalk lineup. I get it. I'm going to have exposure, but I'm trying to mini not like fully stack it just because it, it's, it's asking a lot from a team that really hasn't delivered and they've had a lot of good matchups to do it. So, and obviously the one game where they did score seven runs, of course, was like in San Francisco. So that's the weirdest part. Um, but I just think that's a strange, you know, it's, it's a way that you want to get off the truck. Let's, let's, let's play Seattle guys. Um, that much lower ownership. That's a, a team that can really hit. That's actually just in just as good a spot, if not better, like it's, it's, well, not just as good a spot, I should say, or just about as good a spot. It's really doesn't make any sense to me why we would have such high ownership. I do like all the Toronto guys, but I don't think I'm going to be ahead of the field. I think I'll be close to the field on the ones I like, and that's pretty much it. Give me three dudes that are banging out homers tonight. Three dudes that are banging out homers. Uh, Miguel Sano is coming back. He's going to hit one tonight for us. Let's wait. Let's hold on. We just got the Minnesota lineup. And Sano is batting seventh. Okay. Yeah, definitely not going to have too much ownership batting seventh. I'm all over it. It doesn't matter. Sano is my highest owned player. I'm going to leave it that way. I don't think I'm going to change it. Um, Sano, Ozuna. Sano is my low, low, low tier. Ozuna is my high tier. And for my mid-tier, I'm going to go uh, uh, Josh Donaldson. Oh, no, Acuna. Acuna, uh, Questions in the chat. Pineda, is he a hidden gem tonight? I wouldn't – I don't think so. I mean, can he survive, I suppose, but I I, I can't call him a hidden gem. He has about a 20% chance to be the second-best pitcher on the slate. (laughs) Like, that's that's where we have all these guys are so similar, but I think – I think likely he gets through five innings, probably gives up three or four runs with a couple bombs. Um, maybe uh, strikes out five. So you can roster both these guys on fans draft. You guys should roster them both on DK or FanDuel as well because of multi-position eligibility. Vladdy or Matt Carpenter? 
I like Vlad better. <sighs> like you're gonna have shares of both. Actors, really right? close, honestly. I think I would say Carpenter because he can play both positions. I like third a little bit better, but I like Vlad better as the individual play. If I had to play just one at the position. Uh, Toronto, is that a sneaky stack? And if so, would you go with a three-man, four-man, or five-man? It's not a sneaky stack. I think the most optimum way to play it would play a three-man. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, uh, Vladdy, Smoke, and Richard are probably, like, the, the chalk. And I guess Sogard because second day stinks. Jansen's going to be the chalk, too. Play a wraparound, uh, nine, nine through four, something like that? Yeah, but I don't go five-man hardly ever, and I'm not going to do it with the Royals. I'm sorry, with the Blue Jays. I'd do four-man. Um, Three or four man, but I would probably include Jansen in it. For cash, uh, Grichik versus Kepler. I think that's got to be Kepler. He's leading off, right? Yeah, got to be Kepler, right? I like I think that's the obvious answer for, to everyone, and I don't really understand exactly why, but I do. I think it's fine. They're they're both excellent plays. I like both of them a lot. I just think that <laughs> to flip. A, I mean, I think it's actually Grichik probably is the is the better play, but they're really close. So for tournaments, do you prefer Rosario or Ozuna? I, I guess you, you prefer Ozuna, right? I love Rosario too, but I prefer Ozuna. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're asking, and I think my answer would probably be, you know, what the rest of my lineup looks like. You know, if I have more Cardinals, I would take Ozuna. If I have more Twins, I would take Rosario. Yeah, yeah. And, and by the way, sometimes it's worth it on these slates to try and do the, exactly that. Like maybe you stack stack the Cardinals and don't use Ozuna and play Rosario instead. Like <laughs> you have to try and get different on these slates. or You know what I mean? It, it, even if you try and pivot off the chalk, there's still going to be other people who do that. So you got to really try and get creative to win tournaments. You got the mouthwash, Jonathan Scope or Albies? Albies, I think, is going to end up lower owned. Um, actually, I don't know if that's true. I think I would take Albies, but it's close. I think Albies. I, I think Albies is going to get dropped by people because he's batting eighth, and that that just chases people away. He was going to bat seventh. <clears throat> he bat seventh yesterday. Yeah. But it's a psychological thing, right? Like seven to eight, and also the pitcher's right there. He's not protected. He's really been struggling. But the tr the funny part is, like, Wong has had this good re rejuvenated season, and Albies is struggling. And look at who's averaging more fantasy points. Albies is averaging, you know, 15% more fantasy points per game than, <laughs> than, uh, than, than Wong. So just saying, Albies, if he gets forgotten about, definitely jump all over him. I don't know how to answer this question. And, again, it's, everything's kind of slate-dependent and, like, team-dependent. But, you know, as far as the stack, four three one five one one one. Like, how do you – I mean, is this something you seek out? You say today is this, this is a four three one slate. This is a five one, you know, a three one off slate. Like, how, how do you decide that? Completely slate dependent, and honestly, like how you can fit it into your lineup in a way that makes the most sense. <clears throat> I've had a lot of success with like three two twos and three three one ones or three three twos in the past. A lot of it with game stacks. A lot of it using you know trying to use weather to your advantage. You know, good hitter parks and bad bad bullpens, trying to pick on those things. So I like I actually do more game stacking in baseball than most people do for that reason because that's what you're trying to attack. Uh, QQ no Quintana, some Quintana, right? You have some, yeah. Right now, I have 22% Quintana. Okay. So some Quintana. You know, yeah. you don't feel great about it, but it's there. And you got to yeah, roster. I don't feel terrible. I don't feel great. I, I feel worried that it's that it could end up being the highest scoring player on this pitcher on the slate by a long shot. He and Castillo both have that possibility. And it worries me, but I'm, I'm, I'm just going other directions. Okay. Speaking of worrying, is there a player or a team you feel like you don't have enough of? Like you're, you're worried about uh, being underweight on? Uh, a little bit Quintana. Um, <laughs> No, I'm actually not underweight on Quintana, really. But uh, the guy who – the people I'm, I'm most scared of being underweight on is this uh, – I'm going to try and get off of some of the chalkiness, and it's, it's, it's guys like – who I really like, like Carpenter. Um, 
I just don't want to play guys at that at that ownership. So really, it's just it's getting out that it worries me not playing guys like Smoke, but I just only have one first base spot, so I'm going to prefer to take the lower owned guy. So that's just sort of the way I live. But it, of course, it worries me for sure, and it really worries me not having more Reds. Like that's the biggest one that I feel like could end up. Oh, it seems so easy to. I really liked it last night. I don't know why I got off of it so much, but I could see the Reds being a sneaky spot, and I just don't see people playing them enough, except for Senzel. So we have a, a mystery guest. They're asking the chat. We, we teased them earlier who, who the mystery guest is going to be. And he has intro music ready to go. But I'm not sure if we can get hit with a copyright uh, strike. So uh, it's probably a terrible. Oh, we can play it for just a few seconds, maybe. Is this, does that sound effect mean anything to you? I can't hear anything. I don't know what's going on. But there's, you got to cut that off if you don't mind. <laughs> it's killing me. What's Give up, that? man? <laughs> Say hi to the people, Kilby. Well, I can't, I can't hear Bobby, but uh, how is everybody doing in Grinder Nation? How are we doing? I think we're doing well. We're doing you, all right. Are you, are you on vacation right now? Are you playing the baseball tonight at all? Do you have any hot takes for the people? Oh, yeah. So I'm a break-even baseball player, right? <laughs> so don't take anything. That's not so I bad. Said, listen to Bobby. Listen to Dean. I'm sure they know what they're doing. It looks like a lot of runs have already been scored today uh, in the day game. So I think uh, – I don't know if there's any more runs to be scored. I don't know. What you think there's only a certain number of runs you can play in a given day? And yeah, that's they're it. all like we've hit max capacity, so we're gonna have like, like seven shutouts. They're all used up. Hey, by the way, I can see Dean's balance and it's doing pretty good. So is it? Yeah, I think he's doing all right. I imagine yours is probably better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. You might know Kill B from uh, such things as like winning tournaments and they'll probably beat you in head to head. So. Fancy dress show? Yeah. Oh yeah, you'll see me in the fancy dress streets uh, <laughs> all over uh, tonight and uh, NBA for sure. So how about those bucks? They're gonna. I was told Giannis can't cheat threes, so like they can't they can't win, right? So Big T's been winning a lot of money in the DFS streets, but uh, <laughs> take him out. I've been scooping up all his uh, money in the in the Twitter streets, so that's that's all I can say. You, you've been sliding the DMs, and you, whatever hundred K he gets, you get you get a certain cut, you get a certain percentage of that every time. Exactly. Bobby, what's up, man? Can, can you hear what, me? What, yeah, what's up, buddy? I can hear you fine. Hey, man, it's good to see you. Right. Everything good. I got to hang out with Bobby. What was that now? Like eight, 18 months ago in San, uh, Santa Monica. Yeah, we had a good time, man. For your, yeah. you were at the live final there. Yeah, that was good awesome. Times, good times. Yeah. Uh, so what's what's the stack today? What's what are we playing? We got like a minute before you step aside. Uh, give, give me a hot take for the road. Tell me the Bucks are going to win the title. Tell me something. Yeah, the Bucks are going to win the title. Yep, that's what's going to happen. I hope he's right. <laughs> they will win the title. They look they look really good. And Brogdon, hey, why aren't the Bucks starting Brogdon though? We got to be started here. It doesn't Miritich is going to close anyway. Don't worry about it. Yeah, yeah. He's just there for show. All right. Uh, yeah, do your job. We, we gotta say yes. Say goodbye to the people. We'll see you. We'll see you, Bobby, and we'll see you, uh, RG, till NFL season. Yeah, for sure, buddy. All right, that's one kill a B. Uh, Bobby, you got anything else for the road before you step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time? I believe it's one cheese is good and Pepsi. Uh, we do want to say, as far as fan stuff, you guys are playing there tonight. They uh, their contests start in 40 minutes because uh, they are including the Baltimore Cleveland game. So Trevor Bauer and the Indians, all good plays. What do you have for me, Bobby? Give, give me something for the room. So uh, I, I mentioned that Miguel Sano is going to hit at least one bomb for us tonight, and he's going to be low on because he's batting seventh. <laughs> there you go. I'm just reading the chat. They're saying the Bucks should be tanking. The Bucks should not be tanking. <laughs> they already got themselves, so Giannis, they're well positioned. Uh, Bobby, good luck tonight. Everybody out there watching, good luck. If you guys are watching us on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. Stay tuned for crunch time. You got one cheese is good. Go to goats and also Pepsi 7. He's fun as well. We're out of here. Oh! <laughs>